0: Where there is no way, you have to find a way.
1: And now for Find a Way.
0: Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. Well, we welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at BrothersoftheWord.com or Facebook Live. We welcome you to today's service. Always a wonderful joy and delight to have you to tune in and join us. Well, I would like to share just a little humor a husband and wife were dining at a five-star restaurant, and when their food arrived, the husband said, Our food has arrived. Let's eat. His wife reminded him, she said, Honey, you always say your prayers at home before your dinner. Her husband replied, That's at home, my dear. Here the chef knows how to cook. <laughs> Well, we're sharing a scripture out of Matthew, and we're actually going to be cross-referencing the scripture in Mark as well as in Luke. But in Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 1 and 2, Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, it says, And he entered, speaking of Jesus, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And I'll stop right there, but this is the account of the paralytic man brought by his four friends and let down through the roof into the home where Jesus was teaching because of the crowd. And notice in verse 5, it says Jesus saw their faith. This lets us know that faith is not invisible. Faith is not invisible. We actually can give visibility to our faith through our actions. Our actions actually causes our faith to be seen. So action actually makes faith visible? Let me ask you this question. Can God see your faith? Can God see your faith? What actions are you taking? What are you doing? Is there anything visible? I guess the book of James, the epistle of James, says it this way. It says that faith without works is dead. One translation actually says faith without corresponding action is dead. And so, our actions actually give visibility to our faith i love that i love that because i always thought faith was invisible but it's not jesus saw their faith and so actions bring our faith into the visible realm so faith is not just what you believe it's what you do it's not just what you believe it is what you do Now, in the other accounts, in this particular account in the Gospel of Luke and in the Gospel of Mark, the same account is covered. So this account is covered by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in the other accounts, we get really an in-depth analysis of, of, of actually what happened here, where Jesus saw their faith. And in both accounts, in Luke and in Mark, When these four men brought the paralytic on a bed trying to take him to Jesus, these two words you find in Luke and Mark, but it says that they could not. Everybody say could not. not." They could not, which means they tried and they couldn't. They did try, but they couldn't. They didn't see a way to get this man to Jesus. They could not. They could not. Now, let me ask you this question. What if they had simply given up and gone home? What if they had said, well, maybe this isn't meant to be? They tried, and they could not. They could not. They tried, and they could not. So they had all rights to go home. They gave it a good shot. They could have said, you know, we tried. We couldn't do it. They could not. They tried, but they could not. And they could have just said, you know, this is not destiny. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe this man was meant to suffer this for the rest of his life and live this way the rest of his life. But if they had done that, they would have missed the miracle. They would have missed the miracle. Now, there's a message to us today, and I just want to glean some things that this account says to us today. And it says this, this is the first thing that jumped out at me, it says that when we're pursuing worthwhile things in life, whether it's a dream, a goal, aspiration, whether it's healing, physical or even emotional healing, whether it's finances, whether it's a happy marriage or successful parenting, or whether it's any of God's promises. When we're pursuing anything worthwhile in life, we learn these two lessons from this account. Number one, don't give up easily. Everybody say, don't give up easily. Number two, don't quit at the first sign of trouble. These guys could have quit. They could have given up, but they did not. And there's something that this account speaks to us that anytime you're pursuing anything worthwhile, anything worth having in life, it will take determination, it will take perseverance, it will take continual effort, and it will take some ingenuity. And so we gain some great insights on pursuing anything worthwhile in life. And this account says to us, now Jesus was in this home, and, you know, they were attempting to bring the man in on the bed through the front door, but the Bible says they could not because of the crowd. And it was crowded around the front door. I mean, the house was just jam-packed, so there was literally no way through the front door. And that says to us, you know, there are going to be times when we won't be able to walk through the front door of an opportunity. You won't be able to walk through the front door of an opportunity, any type of opportunity, any opportunity to bless your life or change your life. There will be times where you won't be able to walk through the front door of the opportunity. It won't be a cakewalk, in other words. And so this account lets us know that there will be hiccups in your plans, things you had not expected or anticipated. Those things happen. When they set out to take the man to Jesus, they had no idea they wouldn't be able to get in. They didn't anticipate that, and neither did they expect that. So that lets us know that on our journey toward any worthwhile endeavor, there will be hiccups. There will be things that we didn't plan, things we didn't take into account, things we didn't consider. There will be things we just didn't expect. So there will be unexpected things, things we didn't anticipate, hiccups. I like to call them hiccups. Ab, if you have the picture, if you're able to pull up the picture, this is a little meme that kind of shows you what success is like. Now, the picture with the straight arrow, it says that most people think that that's what success looks like. But the other picture that's all jumbled up, (laughs) that's what success is really like. (laughs) So that lets us know that it's not going to be a straight walk through the front door, to anything worthwhile in life, any endeavor worth having in life. But as you notice, it's going to be a jumbled up mess sometimes because we're going to run into hiccups. We're going to run into things we didn't anticipate. There are going to be surprises, things we didn't expect. Things happen that we didn't take into account. We had no idea. (laughs) And, you know, there's going to need to be some trial and errors. There are going to need to be some restarts. There are going to need to be some do-overs. And so all of these things happen on the road to success. So the first two words I wanted you to get, they could not. Everybody say could not, could not. So they could have given up. They could have quit. They could have said this wasn't meant to be. Now the second phrase, this one is actually in the account that's recorded in Luke's gospel, is that when they could not, it says they sought means. Everybody say sought means. So, in other words, they looked for other ways. They sought other means of getting into the house. They could not get in, and so then they sought means. They sought means. So they couldn't get in through the front door, and so they began to seek other ways. They tried the back door, and guess what? It was crowded at the back door. <laughs> they were trying everything they could. You know, the bed wouldn't fit There was just no way to get the bed through the door with that many people jammed up against it. It wasn't possible. They tried the front door. They went around. They tried the back door. I don't know if the house had windows, but if they did, I'm sure they measured the bed up against the window to see if it could maybe slide in through a window. They sought means. They were trying to see maybe possibly they could take the man off the bed and piggyback him on their back, possibly in walking (laughs) me. (laughs) <laughs> but because he was paralyzed, you know he wouldn't be able to hold on, and so they were looking at everything they were looking at everything possible. they sought means, they tried every available option, they tried every opening that that house had. they tried every opening they had, every door, every window. they sought means, they looked for a way in. So we find out the first two words were well, they could not everybody say could not. Then they sought means. Everybody say sought means. So first when you can't, when we have a problem, when we're facing an obstacle, first when we can't, that's number one. Number two, we seek means. We look for other options. This is what it's teaching us in in this account. Number three, in Mark's account of this, in chapter two of Mark's account of this, it says that they uncovered the roof. So number one, could not. Number two, salt means. Number three, everybody say uncover. Now, uncover means they uncovered something. It means that they revealed something. The roof was covered. They uncovered the roof, which means they revealed, or you can say it this way, revelation. They got a revelation. They got an insight. They got an idea They uncovered an idea, and then the fourth word that I found in this account in Mark's gospel was breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. So first, they could not. They sought means. They uncovered. That's revelation. That's insight. That's finding an idea. Fourth is breakthrough. They began to break up the root to break through. The breakthrough means that you have to work it until you break through. This is where you have to put in the work. So breakthrough represents the work. So after they could not, they looked for a way, and then they uncovered, meaning they got an idea. Now the breakthrough, now you have to execute the idea, and you begin to work through the process. You begin to go into action. And you begin to work it through. And so, those are four things that the Holy Spirit pointed out to me. Those four words he pointed out to me in all of those particular accounts of this ministry event. They could not, and then they sought means. They uncovered, and then they broke through. So, when you can't, you look around, explore all options, you discover ideas then you execute, you begin to work out the idea. And so that's something the Holy Spirit just showed me in this account that applies to life today. Isn't that good? And the Holy Spirit is good. So he can take something that happened 2,000 years ago and show you the relevant principles to today. They had a problem, they had an obstacle, they could not. Just like we have things that face us, we have obstacles in life. And it can be in any area of life, but these four things work. These four things work. You have to first, you can't, then you seek means, you explore all options, you uncover the idea. Then you break through. You begin to work out, execute the idea. Now notice, notice the work it took. So this account lets us know that any time you're pursuing anything worthwhile, any worthwhile endeavor in life, look at all the work that's required. They had to climb from the ground to the roof. Now, it's, it's enough just climbing by yourself. They had to climb carrying a bed. I don't know if anybody's ever been in the moving business or ever did it in moving. Anybody ever moved into furniture? Man, moving furniture is rough. <laughs> moving furniture is rough. I have a friend who was in the moving business. He came to me. He showed me his knuckles. His knuckles were all scratched up and scraped up. He said, man, I got to get out of this business. This moving is rough. I've seen other guys in the moving business, you know, they've hurt their backs, and so Moving is a tough business because of the physicality of the labor. So they had to not only climb to the roof, they had to carry a bed. Just furniture. Just imagine carrying furniture, moving furniture. Not only did they have to carry a bed, they had to carry a man lying on the bed. Now it's hard enough carrying furniture by itself. And then you're going to lay on it? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the movers coming to your house to move you and you laying on the bed? And then there was no handicap entrance. There was no easy way in. And so this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us that to obtain anything worthwhile, pursuing any worthwhile endeavor to change our lives, it requires effort, it requires struggle, it requires daring because this was quite an adventure. This man had to be willing to be turned up vertical, to go up he could have slid off the bed and further injured himself the guys carrying him could have injured themselves this was a daring event but i like something that kenneth Patton said he said anything that is not daring is nothing i mean if there's no daring it is not even worth doing I like that. Anybody like that? Am I the only one that likes <laughs> He said, that which is not daring is nothing, which means that anything significant requires some risk somewhere, a risk some kind of way. You have to risk in order to gain. That's a principle. You have to risk in order to gain. And so this required effort. It required struggle, daring, required tenacity, and it required ingenuity. So anytime we're trying to do anything worthwhile anytime we're pursuing any dream goal or life change or even just to obtain god's promises to possess them these are things that are required It requires effort struggle daring ingenuity tenacity and you'll find this in the lives of god's people all through the bible it required that it required that when god told abraham pick up your family and go where i tell you He didn't know where he was going. That was daring, man, to pick up all you got and don't even know where you're going. That's daring. So the call of God has daring to him because God requires us to trust him. It requires faith to do anything. And that's why the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. This was faith in action. This was faith in action. So say this. They could not. They sought means. They uncovered an idea. Then they began to break through. That's the work. Those are the four principles that we learned. Could not, they sought means, they uncovered, they begin to break through. Man, think about the things in life that we never achieve or obtained or arrive at because we're simply not willing to do what's inconvenient. This was inconvenient. This was inconvenient. And that's why the Bible showed that going to the roof was inconvenient. If you couldn't get in through the front door, most people would have just gone home. Because they tried, but that's why could not was the first two words. They tried. It wasn't like they didn't try. They showed up. They went to the front door. They went to the back door. They went to the windows. There was no way in. They tried. They could have legitimately gone home and felt good about themselves. They could say, hey, we went. We were at the meeting. We were there at the meeting. There was no way in there. We tried. They had legitimate reason to feel good about themselves. Hey, we showed up. We couldn't get in. We tried every which way and went around. Notice that. So this is letting us know that anything worthwhile is not going to be convenient. Not going to be convenient. So they had to inconvenience themselves. They had to inconvenience themselves before they obtained. Think about how the world is conditioning us toward convenience. Everything in the world is about convenience now. You don't have to leave your home even for groceries now. You don't have to leave your home for groceries Amazon Fresh will bring them right to your house. You don't have to leave your home for any type of shopping now. It'll be on your doorsteps. Think about it. You don't have to go to the movies anymore. You can lay on your bed and watch all the movies you want. I used to have to go always pick up food and dinner for my family. I don't have to go out anymore. I can call Uber Eats. Notice how everything is becoming more and more convenient so you don't have to go through any struggle or pain or discipline or effort to get anything. Well, that's not the way that anything worthwhile is achieved. Anything worthwhile is gained. And when we're pursuing our dreams and our goals and life change and things that God has for us, he's letting us know it takes good old-fashioned effort. It takes good old-fashioned work. You can't be afraid of struggle. Can't be afraid of hard times. Can't be afraid of them. In fact, Paul told Timothy, he said, endure hardness as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. Where do we get all these wimpy Christians from? No. And so we have to be willing to be inconvenienced. It's better to be inconvenienced to make a change for the better than to conveniently stay the same. So we have to be inconvenienced to make a change. We have to refuse to be complacent, stuck where we are. He could have gone home, but if he would have gone home, he'd have still been on that bed. It would have been convenient to just go home, but he'd have been stuck where he was. And so on the other side of inconvenience is the miracle. On the other side of inconvenience is the blessing. On the other side of inconvenience is the provision. And so I like something that John Maxwell said. He says, when you get out of your comfort zone and get in the faith zone, Things happen in the faith zone that would never have happened in the comfort zone. So when you get in the faith zone, things happen. That's why Jesus saw their faith. They were in the faith zone. Things were happening. They were doing things. Nothing happens in the comfort zone. It's when you get in the faith zone that things begin to happen. You have to learn to do something that stretches you a little bit. Our lives become so complacent and so boring and stale and stagnant. Do something that stretches you a little bit. Try something new. Do something. Learn something new. Do something you don't know how to do. Be willing to stretch yourself. Be inconvenienced a little bit. It keeps you sharp. It makes you sharp. It makes you better. And so we learn from this, you know, where there is no way, you have to find a way. Where there is no way, you have to find a way. Be creative, be resourceful, and you ask God to birth an idea. Ask God to birth an idea. That's what happened. These gentlemen uncovered an idea. God gave them an idea, and they acted on it, and they were willing to put in the effort, the struggle, the daring, the ingenuity, and the tenacity. I was watching, I'm closing now, but I was watching a movie, and the movie was called The Boy Who Harnessed the wind. Anybody seen that movie? The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. But it's about a little African village. This African village, they were unable to grow food. I guess there was no rain, so they couldn't grow crops anymore. And so these people in this African village were starving to death. So many of them had decided to just get out of there. Others were just there emaciating away. And so they were dying because there was no food. There's a little boy, little boy was in school in his little class one day, and he saw a book with a windmill on it. And it caught his attention, and he began reading that book about windmill energy and how it works. And this little boy had something that was itching him on the inside. He didn't quite understand it, but he was curious and he was intrigued with the idea of wind energy that could possibly help his village And later, he saw his teacher riding a bike from school. And on the back of the bike, the teacher had a little tail light. And the tail light was powered by some contraption that was attached to the tire. So as he pedaled, that gave the light light. (laughs) That powered the light. And so the boy saw that. And he asked the teacher, he said, how is that working? So anyway, long story short, he ended up taking that contraption off his teacher's bike. And then he ended up getting all the men, because everybody thought he was crazy, but he finally convinced everybody in the village to cooperate. He borrowed a bicycle, he took that contraption, they gathered wood, they built the windmill, and this thing ended up powering an irrigation system that watered their land, and they were now, once again, able to grow food, and it saved the whole village. One boy with a crazy idea who harness the wind. And so God will breathe, God will breathe, he'll breathe in impossible situations. And what this account says to us, there's nothing impossible with God. There is always a way to win with God. There is always a way to win with God. Praise God. That was actually my subject. My subject is find a way. There is always a way with God. There is always a way with God. God will breathe in the idea. He'll give you the strategy. He'll line you up with the right people and the resources. There's always a way. There is always a way. And we can find a way. And when there is no way, this is why He's called a way maker. That's where that came from. He's a way when there is no way. When there is no way, He's a way maker. Man, don't y'all make me preach. I'm. A- <laughs> A.V., if you have the three-minute video, it's about a lady who found a way.
1: Holiday triumph. So many of you watching today, tweeting about it. So many eyes studying that one trip on this Labor Day. Swimmer Diana Nyad swam from Cuba to Key West, Florida. You can see it right here over my shoulder. At 64, swimming 110 miles without a shark cage, the first ever to do it. 53 hours, her dream finally come true after five tries. Her first one 36 years ago in her 20s. She came out of the water, look at this, to a massive cheering crowd, exhausted but victorious, getting so many hugs. Tonight, ABC's Gio Benitez with the first interview on her mission, her message, and her mask. What she did this time to ward off the jellyfish and those excruciating stings. After less than three days and more than a hundred miles in the water, 64-year-old Diana Nyad reached land.
0: We should never, ever give up.
1: Her extreme dream of swimming from Cuba to Key West. After four failed attempts, 36 years in the making, finally a reality. You're never oh, too old to chase your dream. That's right. Isn't she amazing? She's amazing. Right outside the hospital after she was released, she told us what kept her going. I went through
0: hell on Saturday night for 13 hours with the jellyfish mask. I've got huge lacerations. I'm not talking well. All in the mouth it
1: was um it, it was it was difficult to breathe but you know i tell you my resolve on this thing was just it was deep i i just had this this attitude of it doesn't matter what it is find a way she's now the first person ever to swim from cuba to florida without a shark cage her only protection a specially designed mask to repel jellyfish Her team feeding her soft, high-calorie food, like pasta. She would drink soups and water through a tube. Diane Nyad. Nyad made her name as a competitive swimmer. She swam around Manhattan in in 1975. an An inspirational figure asked to explain her drive in a TED talk. I said I wanted to be difficult. I wanted to take passion. I wanted to take an unwavering commitment to be able to get to the other shore. So she tried to swim from Cuba in 1978 at the age of 28 years, then three more times in the last two years. But every time, exhaustion, dehydration, or jellyfish stings forced her to abandon her quest. But today, the excitement was contagious here in Key West. just kept getting chills, it was just amazing. Was it awesome? And around the world, her extreme dream trending on Twitter. So many inspired by Niad's perseverance. This is the world record. This is arguably the greatest swim of all time. People you could see they were hungry for that life message of never ever give up. And you never did. And I didn't. An incredible journey for Diane and Nyad. And tonight we're told the weather, for the most part, cooperated, and David, that current helped her swim
0: fast. Wasn't that a powerful story? Man, she said three things. She said, never give up. You're never too old to pursue your dream. And she said, find a way. Find a way. Those of you watching my television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this message in its entirety. Find a way absolutely free of charge. And you can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because brother, you need the word. You
1: are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the sermon titled Find a Way by C. Elijah Bronner. This sermon is number 7850. That's 7850. To listen to thousands of free sermons or to send this sermon number 7850 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
0: If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com.
1: Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word oh,